following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning, everybody. I'm not deserving of that, but why don't you give that to the Lord? He is deserving, that hand clap. Come on. Give that to the Lord. That's right. That's right. Is Tim still in the house? Tim, are you in the house? Brother Tim, stand up, my brother. This man helps me with my life group, and uh, I can't see him right now because he's kind of in the dark over there, and I'm in the light, and I can't see him. But he, uh, he helps with teaching in, the, uh, in my life group. If you want to come to a life group and hear some good word, this guy's got it. He was, he was supposed to be here last Tuesday, and he was out at his, out at his deer stand, and he had a big old 60-pound rock to keep the raccoons and the squirrels out of the corn. And he was shaking that thing to try to get that corn to come down, and a rock came down and hit him right here. Thank God he's alive. Thank God he's alive. But he made me substitute for him, and I just want to make sure you're going to be here next time. I love you. Give him a hand, folks. Hey, isn't it good? Isn't it good to be in church today? It's good. I, I, I saw a movie this week I want to share with you. It's, uh, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. I saw it this week and uh, about uh, Mr. Fred Rogers, and uh, he asked, would you be my neighbor? Would you be my neighbor? I need a neighbor today. Nothing that I'm kin to except Damon, the son-in-law, is in the house today. Brad and Cass are gone to preach with the whole family. Jaron and Kate went down to New Orleans to uh, go to a wedding of his sister. And they'll be back sometime today. But I know that sometime today means later, later, later today because they'll be eating breakfast somewhere, then lunch somewhere, then probably stop in Houston to do a little shopping. I don't know, but I just know that Patty and I will be having a long, 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 long day. Are you listening to me, kids? A long day. <laughs> And, uh, and then Misty decided, she has a friend from DeRitter, kids she was raised with in the church we pastored there, they decided to go to California. So they're in California. So here we are today, and I need a neighbor. Anybody want to be my neighbor today? Anybody want to help me? I feel kind of lonely. What a blessing, what a joy. We've been doing a series called Dreamers, Inc., and today's the fourth installment and the last installment of that. And we're so excited to have you in church today on this installment. And uh, we, talked about, we talked about dreamers of the day, not daydreamers, not daydreamers, but dreamers of the day, people that dream up beautiful thoughts and concepts that bless the world. And we need to have dreamers of the day in our life. And then Brad taught in the second week one of the most beautiful lessons on Joseph's dream that you'll ever hear. Go back and listen to that. It was fabulous. It was amazing. And you'll love to hear it again. Then the first week we talked about don't let the dream die. Whatever you do, keep your dream alive. Keep your dream alive. Let it keep going. Let it keep moving forward. But today we're going to put the finishing touches. Hope it's a bow for you. Hope it's a ribbon and we can tie the present up and we can go home and say, you know what? February was a wonderful month to come to church and hear the word of God. So today we're going to talk about Jabez, the, the man Jabez who is in two scriptures in the Bible. We're going to talk about Jabez Day, dream prayer. We're going to talk about his dream prayer today. I want you to stand in honor of the word of the Lord. We're going to talk to you, and I trust you'll receive what God has for us here today. First Chronicles chapter 4 said, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, 
And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. She named him Pain. <laughs> and Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. I love these words. So God granted him what he requested. And you pray a prayer 3,000 years ago and we're still talking about it. It was a pretty good prayer. So we're going to talk about it today. Turn to somebody and say, let's have a dream prayer in our life today. God bless. You may be seated. A young man went to an older pastor. A young pastor went to an older pastor and said, you know many things that I ought to know and learn. Can you give me some advice to carry me into my ministry? And the old pastor said, yes, I can give you a piece of advice. He said, in every town in England, no matter how small, in every village or hamlet, though it be hidden in the folds of the mountain or wrapped around by the far off sea, in every clump of farmhouses, you can find a road that if you follow it, will take you to London. And he went on to say, and in every text you choose to preach from the Bible, will have a road that leads to Jesus. And he said, be sure to find that road and follow it and follow Jesus. In the early 80s, a couple named Lewinitz, Lewinitz, Russian couple, took a flight from Moscow to the United States to visit some of their kinfolks. And when they emerged from the plane at the end of the trip, they expected to find warm, sunny Florida. Instead, they found themselves in frigid Alaska. The couple didn't even realize their mistake, however, until they tried to get a cab driver to take them to Mr. Lewinz's father's house. And later, a resident of the town who spoke Russian helped straighten out the problem. An official at Alaska Airlines explained what had happened. The couple wound up in Alaska rather than Florida because an airport official in Moscow had left a saint off of St. Petersburg, Florida. And filling out the tickets, thereby sending the couple to Petersburg, Alaska, <laughs> a fishing town 100 miles from Juneau. One writer suggests that an atheistic Russia, Russian, a government clerk, would drop any reference to a saint. He would not put saint on anything. So the Lewinses, thank God, finally arrived in Florida. Kind of reminds me of 1982 when I was traveling a lot. I lived in St. Louis and I was doing a lot of work for an organization with young people. And I was on my way and I got to the airport and I was going to Springfield, Missouri that day. And I saw a sign that said Springfield and I went and got on the plane. And when we backed out, thank God 9-11 hadn't happened yet, but when we backed out, the flight attendant said, I just need to make this statement. If you're going to Springfield, Missouri, you're on the wrong plane today. This plane's going to the capital city of, of Illinois, Springfield, Illinois. So if you are that person, she knew there was one on board. <laughs> Moi. 
Would you please raise your hand and identify yourself? She said, you're going to make us pull this plane back to the terminal. We'd already backed out. We pulled back to the terminal. Terminal, they all gave me a hand clap of depreciation. <laughs> and I deplaned. Never made that mistake again. You know, where we are versus where we want to be sometimes is miles apart. Every child that's born is born with such promise. You know, every son that's born is going to be an all-American. He's going to be a genius doctor. He's going to be something phenomenal in the world. And every daughter that's born is going to be the first female president and going to rule the kingdom of women because that's our kids. But Jabez, the man I read about, his life began with little to no promise. His name means pain. So, so he was named because his mother bore him in pain, and so she just called him pain. And every time his name was mentioned, it was as though he was reminded, I am a born pain loser. People see me as pain. And Jabez was the picture of a young man who had all the cards stacked against him. See, there was a struggle in the family of Jabez. If you examine the genealogies of the book of Chronicles, all of them include heads of families, fathers, grandfathers, until you get to the one of Jabez. Evidently, his father was irresponsible, and his name had been dropped from the official records at the house of God. And he had lost the family's land and inheritance in a very shameful way. And Jabez had some brothers who continued in that same shameful tradition. So Jabez starts his life behind the eight ball. He has no property. He has no way to start to earn a living. He has no way to attain to a position of honor or status in the community. But in the midst of this emotional pain, Jabez cries out for the eternal purpose of Almighty God in his life. And he activates his right and privileges as a son of covenant. See, life that is no good cries out to a God who is a source that is all good. And when a life cries out to a God that's good, good overwhelms the not good. And he needed then what many need now, a supernatural intervention and a favor of God to break the cycle of despair and break the cycle of brokenness, break the cycle of generational curses he finds himself in. And he knows if society has labeled him a loser, he must look elsewhere for inspiration. So he points his life toward God. And I know today that I'm preaching to people that have despair and they have brokenness and they have curses on their life. But I declare to you, I don't care how far you feel you are down, you're not that far down that a call to Jesus won't lift you up and turn your life around and get you on the right path and set your foot on a rock that's established. This is a step this is step one of anyone whose life is unfulfilled. You need to admit, I need you, God. This is what Jesus meant when he said in Matthew 5 and 3, you believe the very first beatitude of all the Sermon on the Mount was blessed are the poor in spirit. Wow, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
See, we must first of all recognize that we have a need. If you feel cursed, if you feel broken, if you feel in pain, you've got to recognize that. Jabez did. This recognition is the spiritual auction that will revive his soul and heal his spirit. This is why so many can relate to Jabez. This is why this prayer brings wonderful encouragement. Jabez shows us a place to go, someone to turn to when we feel disconnected from life. We have a God, and that God is our helper. So the name of Jabez stands out 3,000 years later, folks. Two scriptures in the Bible. Not because he was a major prophet, minor prophet or an order. Not because he was a wise king or a ruler or that he was famous general in an arena of battle. The name Jabez stands out 3,000 years later because he prayed a dream prayer to a God for a better life. I wonder if anybody would like to pray for a better life today. Come on, it's the last Sunday in February. Do you think it's all right if we open up our voices and pray for a better life? He refused to be satisfied with the status quo. He sought the best blessings God could bestow upon his life. And he could have settled for less. He really could have. But he chose to settle for the best. A wise teacher once noted that the word life contains the letters I and F. If, if. So life has a lot of ifs in it. Life is a matter of choices, folks. It is the accumulation of a host of major and minor decisions. I hope you've made the good ones. But there are those who want to add a qualifier to that if. We put only with it, if only. If only I had done this or if only I had done that. And Jabez refused to look in the rearview mirror. A life of if only or might have been was not going to be what he was going to go down. Only God could bring a future filled with great possibility. And he knew he would never be ready for the future without God's blessings on his life. And I declare to you that you need the blessings of God on your life today. Dear Abby once received a letter that described the if only attitude of life. The writer said it was spring, but it was fall that I wanted. The colorful leaves and the cool dry air. Said it was fall, but it was winter that I wanted the beautiful snow and the wonderful holiday season. It was winter, but it was spring that I wanted, the warmth and the blossoming of nature. I was a child, but it was adulthood I wanted to have freedom and respect. I was 20, but it was 30 that I wanted because there was a pretty woman that I wanted to like and she was older than me. I was middle-aged, but it was 20 that I wanted the youth and the free spirit. And finally, I was retired, but it was middle age that I wanted the presence of mind without limitation. And then the writer said, my life was over and I never got what I wanted. Small wonder. I'm gonna put it on the screen. If only is the loser's creed. It's the loser's creed. And Jabez had no desire to play that game. So in verse 10, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel. The one great privilege Jabez had was that as a Jew, he was a son of covenant. He had been named and claimed by God, and he was a Hebrew. 
and he cries out to God and declares, I've been pain long enough. I've been Jabez long enough. God, please help me turn my life around. Something had been awakened in his memory. It had to do with his birthright as a Jew. That's where he found his identity. If you don't have an identity, someone else will gladly give you one and it won't be one that you like. You need to find your identity. You need to clap your hands every morning and say, I'm a child of God. Come on. I'm a child of God. You need to talk to yourself and talk to anybody listening and talk to the spirit world out there. I am a child of God. This is one reason I love water baptism. I love it. I love to see people take the plunge. I love water baptism. Water baptism might well be called the birth of belonging. During the spiritual darkness and despair, Martin Luther had a lot of despondencies and a lot of depression in his life. He lived with depression, the great reformer, and he would cry out, I am baptized. I am baptized. I am baptized. You see, when a Jew boy was born, he was circumcised on the eighth day. But when we're water baptized, we are heart circumcised and God cuts away the old flesh and gives us a brand new heart, a heart for him and a heart for the things of God. Somebody needs to raise their hand and said, I have been baptized and I'm a child of God. Oh, let me preach to you today. That's what Jabez did when he cried out to God of Israel. Jabez knew he had a relationship. He was in covenant with God. And how foolish he would not, he would be not to use it. Jewish birthright, son of covenant, that's what he was. Even Jesus knew the importance of the blessing of the almighty God. At his baptism, the spirit as a dove descended and the voice from heaven declared, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Can I declare to you that Jesus, Jesus got up out of that water and walked into the wilderness and was tempted 40 days and came back in the power of the Spirit because when you understand your identity with Him, you can walk through any wilderness. You can walk through any fire. You can walk through any pain. You can walk through any problem. You can walk through any discouragement. You can walk through any curse and say, I am a child of the living God. That's what it's all about. You need to establish your identity. Mm. I'm sorry. I kind of felt the Lord there. So a born loser, Jabez, it's talked about 3,000 years later. Not so much for what he did, but for what he prayed. He prayed the dream prayer. He turned to God and prayed that God would bless him indeed. In other words, let me give you the modern version of his prayer. He said simply this in the Johnson vernacular. Don't just bless me, bless me real good. Aren't you tired of those little drip drop blessings? Wouldn't you like the Holy Ghost just to wash you good and to baptize you completely? 
and make you struggle to get your breath because the glory of God is just falling on you. Don't just bless me, Lord. Bless me real good. And instead of enlarging my territory, I want to call it just enlarge my influence. You know, there's some people that when they walk in the room, everybody turns around and says, what have they been eating? They're amazing people. What have they got that I don't have? What is in them? It's not their cologne. It's something greater. It's not just their smile. It's something greater. They understand something, folks, that you need to get a hold of, that God's going to enlarge their influence. They're going to walk in, but there's going to be an aura around them because they have been with the Lord and they have talked with the Lord and God has blessed them. And the third thing he said, put your hand on my life. In other words, let me walk in your favor. Can I declare that favor is not fair, but you need to find out where God's blessing and get under it and you'll find favor. Don't ask God to come over here where you are and bless you what you're doing. Get over there where he is, get under his cloud and he'll bless you with favor that's awesome and mighty and glorious in your life. And then he said, deliver me from evil. Deliver me from evil. I just left that the same. You know why? Because that prayer was so powerful. A thousand years before Christ came, that Jesus Christ used it when the disciples said, teach us how to pray. And the sixth, the sixth request in that prayer was deliver us from evil. Somebody said that and Jesus picked up on it and put it in his prayer for all of us. Here's what I want to tell you. You can be delivered from the evil one. You can be delivered. Jabez said it and Jesus repeated it. And then he said, vernacular, mild vernacular, don't let me be what I was born. In other words, take the pain away. Get it out of my life and let me have something besides pain in my life. This bothers some people. It sounds like Jabez is being very selfish with his prayer. And when Bruce Wilkerson put his book out several years ago, people didn't like the book because they thought he was making it a selfish and a narcissistic prayer. Some people see the prayer of Jabez as being no better than Janis Joplin's tune of the 1960s. I missed sweet Janis from Port Arthur. She said, oh Lord, send me a Mercedes Benz. My friends all drive Porsches and I must make amends. I've worked hard all my life with no help from my friends. So, oh Lord, please send me a Mercedes Benz. You know the song. Quit acting like you don't. But maybe he is. Maybe he's praying a prayer like that. But this prayer must be read within the context of the Old Testament. Hear me. You may not know this. The Jews of the Old Testament had no promise of heaven. All they had a promise was, was for this world. So the reward for righteousness was just a long and prosperous life. In fact, when they died and were buried, they didn't even get to go someplace that was comfortable. Paradise wasn't created till Jesus was on the cross. And a thief said, when you come to your kingdom, will you remember me? And Jesus said, this day shall you be with me in paradise. And when Jesus died and was buried, he went into hell and took the keys of death and hell and the grave and came out of there and led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. And we had a better place to live our life for the rest of our death. 
we had a place called paradise. That's a beautiful thing. When we ask God to bless him, when he asked God to bless him, he was simply asking for covenant promise. See, this blessing can come to us all when we view it through the eyes of Jesus. Now, let's consider what a blessing is and is not. A blessing is not a ritual or a mere courtesy. When somebody sneezes, you say, bless you, God bless you. That's not a blessing. Like Henny Youngman said, God sneezed. What do I say to him? You'll get that in a minute. And a blessing is not a rite or a meaningless formality like the preacher that was marrying this couple. And he raised his hand to pronounce the blessing on them. And the bride, not being religious, gave him a high five. So he looked at the groom and said, you want some of that? The groom gave him a high five. Then amidst all the gaiety and the laughter, he blessed them. Here's what I want to tell you. William Barclay traces the meaning of the expression bless, bless me and blessings and concludes that it means, are you ready for this? You're going to love this. Blessing means give me the joy that cannot be touched by harm or pain. Anybody want that blessing today? Anybody want that blessing today? Anybody suffering with some pain, some curses? some broken heartedness, I promise you there's a blessing that God has for you today that'll touch the harm and the pain and will not let it affect you in your life. Just clap your hands and say, I need some of that in my life. I need that in my life. That's good, especially in the light of Jabez's name, pain. Nothing selfish about asking for joy that cannot be touched by pain. In fact, Jesus promised his followers that they would find joy. Remember, when we ask for God's blessings, we're not asking for more of what we could do ourselves and get ourselves. We're asking for the wonderful unlimited goodness that only God has the power to know about and give to us. But the remarkable thing about this whole prayer is that Jabez's prayer was open-ended. I'm going to preach this now. He doesn't specify his blessings that he wants. He doesn't pray for a Mercedes chariot or a new house or to win the lottery. He just says, God, I want a blessing. He trusts that God will provide what he needs to make him joyful. Now, here is why most people will not profit from Jabez's dream prayer. They think they know blessings that they need better than God does. Can I preach a little right now? There ain't nobody knows what you need like the God that I'm preaching about today. And you need to open your mouth and just say, Lord, bless me. And let God do whatever he wants to do to bless you. Because God's got a blessing that you can't contain. He'll heap it up, press it down, shake it together, and he'll run it over into your life. God knows what you have need of today in your life. Stories told of a man who dreamed he visited heaven. And an angel showed him all the beauties of heaven. And they came to a room where there were beautiful packages elaborately wrapped. And the man asked his guide what they were. And the angel said they were blessings God had prepared for his children. Blessings that they never asked for. Blessings that they refused to receive. Because it wasn't what they wanted. Can you pray a prayer today without loading it up with your agenda? Could you simply... Pray a dream prayer that says, Lord, bless me. 
without telling God how he should bless you. And if you can do that, I guarantee you that if you do that, you'll find joy and you'll find peace. And when you find joy and when you find peace, you'll walk through this world in a greater dimension than you ever dreamed possible in your life. Clap your hands and receive that right now. Because you begin to appreciate everything that happens to you from that day forward. It may be disguised, but it's a blessing nonetheless. 30 years ago, me and Patty and three little old girls came in tow to preach at this congregation on a Sunday before we were elected the next week. And I don't want it to be about me today, but I can't speak on this subject without telling this. While awaiting the arrival of my second child, everyone was telling me they thought it was going to be a boy. We didn't have sonograms back then that told us what it was. That hadn't been invented yet. DNA hadn't either. And everyone was telling me what a son would bring to my life. And I was ecstatic. And I was envisioning football and hunting and fishing. Two of them I don't even do. <laughs> About what me and my newborn son would share. And I could never imagine that his life would only consist of four short years. And on, the, on that fateful day, my heart fell to the bottom of the elevator shaft. It went as far as it could go. Four years, really? Is that all? Four years? Is, is that all? I look back and I know that my son had the happiest four years possible because every time we played wiffle ball, every time we bounced a basketball, every time we played nerf ball, they were created back then. Every time we did something like that, he would say, Daddy, I'm so happy. Every time he got to ride with me to church in the back of the van, every time he got to go to church early and leave Misty at home, he said, I get to go with Daddy. You come with Mama. <laughs> he continues to grow in my mind because he lived four happy years. Am I saying that God caused my son to be taken from me in order to bless my life? No, God doesn't work that way. But the Lord did say that God reigns on the just and the unjust. Life happens. But by the grace of God, every event in your life can be blessed by God. God can bring joy out of your pain. He can bring hope out of your despair. He can bring life out of death. You've got to trust Him and you've got to keep dreaming because it can happen. That's the real meaning of this prayer. Like Jabez, he prayed that God will bless you really good and then look for joy in every event. And I'm confident that you'll find it. You know... It's said that birds didn't have wings in the beginning. That's an urban legend. And when they first got them, you know, they didn't have to have wings to fly because God created them. He could make them just stealth bombers. <laughs> when they first got them, they didn't like them. They didn't like those wings because they were burdens. But once they accepted the new burden, they discovered the wings lifted them into the sky. And so it may be with all of us, burdens into blessings. Opposition into opportunities. Hopelessness into ecstatic happiness. That's what it's all about. Randy, if you'll help me, I got to quit. It's like the little boy in the candy store. That little boy loved candy. It might have been me. But I still have my teeth. Thank you. But he had no money. The kind owner of the candy store said, you want some candy? The little boy nodded his head. He said, hold out your hands. And the little boy said, 
He said, hold out your hands. And the boy didn't move. So the kind owner gathered both his hands full of candy and told the boy to open his shirt and he poured the candy down in his shirt. The kid went home. When he got home, his grandmother said, why did you not hold out your hands at the candy store? And the owner told you to. He said, because his hands are so much bigger than mine. Sometimes we try to squeeze God with our little old hands. God's got these big old hands. That little boy is smarter than some people I preach to. God, I need this to continue. I need that to make it. I need that to happen in my life. No, what you need is for God to bless you. What you need is for God to bless you. And when God blesses you, everything's going to be all right. So when I came here 30 years ago, I remember after I preached a Saturday night and a Sunday morning, a Sunday night, Patty and I went back to the place where we were laboring. And uh, it's pretty sweet. This is the first time I prayed this prayer. This is the first time. It was the first time I ever prayed the prayer of Jabez in my life. It was 30 years ago. Because I had discovered it and I, I just wanted to, I wanted to pray it. And so when we left here, we left our, our future in the hands of some people and they, they agreed that we ought to come be with them. And I said, Lord, I don't want you to just bless me. I want you to bless us real good if we come to Austin. Then I said, Lord, I want you to enlarge our influence. This church needs an influence. It needs to be enlarged. And God heard that petition. And I said, Lord, I, I want to walk in your favor. I want to walk in your grace. I don't want to walk in mine. I want to walk in yours. And we have. And then I said, Lord, deliver me from evil. Don't let me do evil things. Don't let me hurt a church. Let me live for you and love people in the right way. And then I said, Lord, don't let what happened to me nine years ago, it was just nine short years. Don't let me, what happened to me nine years ago, don't let me put pain on other people because I suffered. Let me tell people that there's joy in pain and there's joy in brokenness and there's joy in generational curses that's greater than any of it. You know what? For the last 30 years, see the reason I'm preaching this way today is because next Sunday we're going to celebrate you as much as we're going to celebrate us. I've given you my very best. And I've preached my very best every time I get up here. This is the best I got. If you don't like it, come next Sunday. We'll try to do better. But I preach to you because I want you to understand something. That God's joy is bigger than any of your pain. And his healing is bigger than any of your brokenness. And his lift power is greater than any of your weight that's dragging you down. He's a God. He's a God that will hear your request and grant it. That's the dream prayer. So when you go home, like one man came up to me and he said, Pastor, I have never read that in the Bible. I'm going to go home and find it. Go to 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 and 10 and read that prayer and just start quoting it every day. Lord, bless me. <laughs> Lord, enlarge me. Hallelujah. Lord, let your hand be on me. 
Lord, deliver me from evil. And Lord, don't let me hurt anybody. That's what it's about. Would you stand to your feet and receive the word by clapping your hands all over this house right now? Receive the word. Receive the word. Receive the word. Receive the word. The dream prayer. Receive the word. Receive it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I ask you again today, would you be my neighbor? Thank you. I'm not Mr. Rogers. I'm Pastor Johnson. Would you be my neighbor? Hey, let's have a great day today. Let's walk out of here today knowing that God answers prayer. And He will bless us. And He knows how to bless us better than we know how to equate what His blessings are. He can bless us to the uttermost. That's the kind of God He is. Bow your heads and close your eyes and let me bless you right now. Dear Father, what an awesome Savior you are. What a good God you are. God, I pray that you will lighten our hearts and, Lord, touch our spirits and let us know without a shadow of a doubt that you are a blessing, God. You bless us. You bless us going out. You bless us coming in. You bless us in the city. You bless us in the country. You bless us on our job. You bless us in our homes, God. You are a blessed God. You can bless us, God, like nobody else that I know. There's nobody can bless us like you can bless us, God. Now, we want to walk in that. It's called favor. We want to walk in that. It's called your grace. We want to walk in that. It's called your joy. Let it happen. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Hallelujah. 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 